Welcome to Inside the Agency. I'm your host, Michelle Govan. I'm your co-host, Nicole Shawcross. Happy Friday, lovely. Friday. Friday. We have Corey DePaul from UBCP with us today. And yes, we are having cocktails because it's fucking Friday and we deserve it. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you for having me, team. I'm so excited to be here. Of course. Well, you know, Corey and I have a bit of a history now that she's this swanky UBCP rep, but we have a history that Corey used to be my old assistant. I did. I did. Way back, long ago. Five and a half years ago? Five and a half years ago, yes. Right. No, it was excellent. It was excellent. You came right off the farm from Montana. Well, uh, yeah, I had come straight out of film production school. So I was just a little little bebe with strange ideas of what film production was and what the industry was like. And yeah, it was a crazy... How was your first experience jumping into it? Uh, you know, it was really great. Actually, my first time after I had contacted Michelle, uh, she kind of decided to put me on a test run to go with her to Biff <laughs> to an opening. <laughs> Nicole um, knows this. I did the yes. same to Nicole. She did the same to me. <laughs> exactly. And she put me uh, in charge of the very elusive Steve Basic who has to run around <laughs> and you can't keep track of him because he is just the biggest social butterfly. And I remember at one point holding on to his forearm, grasping his forearm, being like, no, you have to stay here. You're going to get me in trouble. But <laughs> it's your initiation, guys. It was. It, it was trial by fire or trial by basic in this Trial by basic. If you can handle the same experience with him, Uh, Michelle went out of town and I was very new in my position as well. And she told me, she goes, I need you to go to this and I need you to make sure all the guys walk down the red carpet. And I was like, okay, great. Steve finally got there late. I was waiting at the door for him. I introduced myself because we'd never met. And I was like, okay, you know, trying to help him. You know, he's like, um, I'm good. Do you need to be here? (laughs) I was like, no, not at all. If you know what you're doing, I got no problem. I'm just doing, I'm just taking orders. (laughs) You know what's so crazy? Because, you know, I did have another Corey before Corey and then Nicole. So I was mixing up a little bit, but only you two have ever been put through this initiation. And I just think it's funny because I swear it was about the same time of year that you guys started working for me. The parties were the same. And you know, it was just a very interesting test to kind of throw you in the deep end. But, you know, Corey and I, how long did we work together for? Two or three years? I can't remember. It was a year and a half. Oh. So it felt like three years? I'm kidding. It felt like three years. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, it's so yeah. funny. I, I have to say, Corey used to call me boss. That's, that was uh, yeah, boss my name. KK. You were KK. So yeah. we're bringing KK to chat with us today about UBCP, the union rules and situations and their new protocols. So um, there is a story I do want to bring up from our past though, (laughs) just because we have had some hilarious memories. Corey and I decided to go to LA to do the Fargo premiere with our man twins. And they weren't sure actually to go to the premiere and we were more excited to go to the premiere. So we decided to go down to LA. We get there. Isn't this when we got the call that Sorinda was an emerge? Yes. Yes. So we had to go to Cedars-Sinai because Sorinda had been diagnosed with, why am I blanking? 
Oh, I'm blanking too. Something bad. Something very bad. Let's just say she's she, in the hospital. Was meningitis. 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 Yeah. Jinx. Here we go. And, you know, here I am landing. We're all excited. We're thinking we're going to have this restful time before the premiere. We land. We go straight to Cedar sinai We check in Serinda. She's in good hands. So we had to go to where we're staying. And we were staying with some actors of ours who decided to not give us the right key to get into the house. So luckily there were <laughs> gardeners there and we managed to get into the house. Corey was in the main house. I was in the, the guest house by the pool. And then when the gardeners left, they locked us separately. So Corey couldn't get to me. <laughs> I couldn't get to Corey. And we had one hour to get dressed and to the premiere. And of course in LA, everything takes a minimum an hour. So mm-hmm. here's Corey on the other side of a green door going, I can't get to you boss. I'm like, is there a ladder? Can you find anything? We're climbing over shrubs to get to each other to then use tissue paper to wash our faces and try to make ourselves look somewhat representable and then <laughs> threw on anything we could access and then jumped in a cab to go to the premiere. So, you know, meeting Kirsten Dunst was not exactly how I wanted to be present <laughs> as presentable as I wanted to be, but especially after me complimenting that she had a gorgeous dress and she's like, um, it's actually two pieces. Oh, so. I tell that story all the time when I talk <laughs> about that. Uh, it's a skirt and a top, but <laughs> So this is just to give you an example of our adventures, but yeah. And then, and then we decide we're going to check into a hotel because we decide we want to have some calmness. We're going to check into a beautiful hotel with a pool. We get there and they're like, I'm sorry, the pool's shedding in two hours for a private event. So Corey and I stand like arm in arm in the pool in protest (laughs) till those two hours go finish and people are moving the pool chairs away and moving in beautiful, elegant furniture for this wedding or whatever's happening. And we're standing there still drinking in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I know that's some history of KK and boss, but now we're going to talk about you and how you're, you're a very elite UBCP rep. Oh, I don't know about elite. Yep. Um, I am. Well, you're not jumping green doors anymore. I mean, I might though. You never know. <laughs> um, no, but I'm uh, one of two onset representatives in the film and television department. So basically, my whole job right now is going out to set, uh, making sure our members are feeling safe, feeling comfortable, making sure that productions are abiding by our collective agreement, which is the BC Master Production Agreement in our case here in BC, uh, and just really ensuring that everyone's operating safely and especially during COVID operating in a way that, you know, keeps everybody safe and feeling comfortable. So the real question is, what was it like to go from working with me to working with a union? It was a very strange transition from like having to, you know, be up at nine o'clock at night, phonetically translating sides for the 100 for someone versus like (laughs) working at the union, being able to be like, it's 4.30 and the day is done. Like that's one thing I felt in terms of work-life balance working at an agency was that it was just a complete 180 when I I began working for the union. It's just, it's, that isn't to say like now my days are long because 
being on set, I don't work the 8.30 to 4.30, but I remember at the time when I first started, I was like, holy cow, I don't know what to do with myself. I have a life now. I think Nicole, you have a whole evening to yourself. And yeah, yeah, and working with the union, right? Nicole, we're both like, hmm, 4.30, done for the day. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's pretty nice. Well, with auditions coming in and we also know like castings working around the clock, obviously, if these auditions are coming out late and we're trying to get all the information to the, to the clients so that they have it for potentially the next day that needs to get taped. So I hear Mm -hmm. you. I hear you with like having structured timelines or office hours. But you know what though? I have to say our clients love the fact that you are now kind of their you know, their protector on set and yeah. they know you as KK. Now you're formal Corey, but you know, they can call <laughs> you and tell you when things are going on. So we want to talk about how actors need to know when to reach out to their union. When is a good Absolutely. time? And we're talking about if something goes wrong on set, especially right now, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we want to bring up kind of the protocols, the social distancing, especially if you're in a scene that requires some intimacy. We want to give our clients and other actors an idea of when it is really important to reach out to your agent and or union rep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the big thing is if you are ever feeling unsafe, and especially right now with, with COVID, you have every right to refuse unsafe work. And with COVID, you have every right to refuse close proximity work. So if you're feeling like you're being put as a performer in an unsafe situation, uh, you know, our first step is we recommend we talk to your direct supervisor on set. So if you're doing background, that would be your background coordinator. If you're a principal performer, that would be one of the ADs or whoever you directly report to for the day. Um, And I mean, beyond that, reaching out to us, because as much as Chloe, who's the other onset rep, and I try to be omnipresent, be everywhere, unless we know something's happening, we, there are 60 shows right now. So it's hard to be everywhere. But if we know something's going on, we make it a priority to get out to that set and check things out. If someone wants to remain anonymous when contacting the union to just kind of give them a heads up about what's happening, but don't want to kind of be a bit of a whistleblower or something. Mm -hmm. Is there something that they can do or can they remain anonymous if they are feeling unsafe and not wanting to stir the pot a bit? Absolutely. We have uh, what we call the report.it email and it's just report.it at ubcpactor.ca. It goes to five people, including myself, and it's for non-emergency safety concerns and onset concerns. Obviously, if you have an emergency safety concern, you should be reporting it to your supervisor on set. But for those other non-emergency safety concerns and stuff like that, you can email into that. It goes to us. Um, And then we can look into it. We'll either pass it along to the rep in office who's assigned to the show. Um, And then we'll also work as best we can if it's a situation where we need to come out to set to to make sure we're there in support of our members. I think it's really important, though, that an actor calls their agent first. Now, listen, if your agent doesn't give you the reaction you're hoping for or you don't feel that the discussion went well with your agent... I suggest Mm -hmm. they reach out to that email because as we know, different agents are going to have different opinions. We want actors to know to definitely reach out if something is bothering you. If you have been asked to kiss another co-star that is not in your bubble and it's not been discussed Mm -hmm. prior to your booking, that is something Mm -hmm. that definitely needs to be addressed. Right, Corey, we Mm -hmm. definitely want to talk about, you know, the six feet proximity, you know, the fact that there's an intimacy cult consultant, 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it is important, definitely. And sometimes you might even, if you're loop, looping in your agent, you'll probably get a faster response from your agent if it's outside of work hours than that email. Granted, there's five of us on that email, but if it's going directly to your agent, they're, again, going back to those work hours of being an agent, they're constantly there for you. I was just going to say, they won't reach you after 4.30. (laughs) Well, they can reach me. I'm teasing you, sweetie. But no, for sure. And it's like, yeah, I mean, we can definitely, I'm happy to touch like in terms of the close proximity stuff when they're on set and what, Mm -hmm. what a performer can expect. I mean, ultimately what I'm trying to remind performers right now. And I think it's, it's really important to keep in mind. Absolutely. It's important for you to feel comfortable on set when you're working 100%. We want that to happen, but especially right now with COVID production's responsibility to mitigate your risk of a close proximity scene, be it a kiss, be it a family hug, and you're not acting with your actual family, their responsibility to mitigate that risk doesn't end with you feeling comfortable. They still have to take the other steps. There's all the steps in terms of controls to put in place for risk mitigation that they should be taking into account, be it, does the scene need to be happening the way it's happening? Can they limit the number of takes that they're doing? Like, do you really need to have six shots 10 different takes of you kissing someone. Four it should angles. be really limited. Yeah. Four angles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So while it's really important to me that people feel comfortable, it's absolutely production's responsibility to continue to mitigate that risk. Things were changing so quickly at the beginning of COVID that there weren't necessarily, even when people went back to work, there weren't protocols for close proximity work. And now WorkSafe has issued those protocols, which include like the 30-second peroxide-based mouthwash and stuff like that. So at the beginning, it really was about making sure people were feeling comfortable and safe. But now we're really pushing that understanding. And we have been, the more we learn, that people really need to push that additional mitigation. Producers were making protocol suggestions in the beginning. Now it's Mm. been incorporated. I think with all the suggestions, when we are all kind of winging it, when we first came out of lockdown, now those Mm. protocols are being more uh, restricted or, or Mm -hmm. more, what I should say, regimented. Yes, exactly. They're becoming rules instead of just suggestions. But I think actors do need to know that every set is very different. Some sets will have transport. Some sets won't. Some will have trailers. Some sets won't because some people believe that trailers have circulation between the three units. Like if it's a triple banger or a five banger, like a honey wagon set, that the, the air flows between the five trailers. So different productions are doing different things. And we want to make sure that actors, whether you're union or non-union, you are covered here. Just because you're not a union member does not mean you can't use that email or reach out to a union member. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially definitely with like safety concerns and with COVID. Absolutely. And you're 100% right that no two sets look the same. That's the biggest reiteration I've made from the beginning that you can't expect to go and work on one set and wrap that up and be an expert on how the next sets are going to go because every story is different. I mean, some scripts we're seeing right now are written for COVID. Some scripts are clearly not written for COVID. There's definitely some coming that's not written for COVID. Nicole and I are seeing some pretty racy (laughs) breakdowns. We're like, how the hell is this going to (laughs) work? How are they deciphering with the sets? Is it based on the storyline? They're deciding the security measures or the protocols, or is it, is there some blanket um, you know, blanket pl- things in place for each set. 
Right. So each production company or production individually is it's their responsibility to put together that their own COVID plan. So that's where you see those differences between each one, depending on what they need and the storyline they need to tell. WorkSafe BC does have the guidelines and suggestions um, for what you can do for those kind of things. And then ActSafe is actually reviewing a lot of the safety plans for these productions and letting them know like, hey, there's a hole here. Uh, maybe look into doing this. It looks like you're missing this aspect. Um, so ultimately it just comes down to each production or production company and what they want to do. And I think that's important for actors to know too, if they're walking on one set and one set has a certain set of protocols, it might be mm. a little different or variated on another set. So they shouldn't necessarily get, you know, comfortable. Back. Exactly. Yeah. Right. The biggest thing is they should be provided that protocol. And, and as agents, you should be provided that protocol when they're booked or with enough time before they go to set in order for them to review it and familiarize themselves with it. Because I've also found, even for myself, it's a really comforting thing to know when I walk on set, this is what I can expect. There will be a COVID check-in station. Crafty doesn't look the same as it used to. You know, the shuttles have the barriers. So it's not such a shock when you get to set, especially if you haven't been working this whole time. Yeah. If you can familiarize yourself with those protocols. Well, and I think it's also important that an agent discusses it when a booking happens. Like I had a booking yesterday with Superman and Lois and I had the client on the phone for a good 25 minutes. And normally going over an offer for a small reoccurring principle is, you know, you bang it out. It doesn't take like five minutes to talk about it. I said, do you have questions? Are you ready for this? Do you understand there will be COVID testing? Are you comfortable with your scenes? And I think it's very important that actors ask a lot more questions and agents discuss it in detail before a booking is closed. Before, yeah, you're good. You're going to set. Now, are you good? Because I think there is a mental shift that we have to get actors prepared for, for this new way of shooting. I mean, you've been on set, Corey. How does it feel? I mean, it's interesting because it's old hat for me now. Chloe and I yeah. combined, I did the math the other day. We had hit up a hundred different sets and like a hundred different visits, or no, sorry, 40 different sets and a hundred different visits. Since That's amazing. We came back from COVID. Amazing. Um, and that doesn't cover, I mean, what she's been doing. So ultimately, it's interesting. It feels fine. Everyone's so excited to be back to work with one another. It's such a friendly industry where I think people have been working at this constant pace for decades and decades and decades. And then to have that forced break for a lot of people was something they haven't had in years, probably decades since they started. So to come back, people are all really excited to see each other. And we are creatures of habit and that sometimes we forget to put the mask on. And sometimes we need the reminder that you can't do the high five or the elbow tap or the foot tap. I've seen that one on set now. <laughs> so, I mean, people are getting used to it. I think for some people, it is a culture shock to come back and see how different things are. But I've also been hearing people say they like it better when they come back now because they feel like things are cleaner. They feel like things are safer. They feel like more thought is given to how things play out. I remember clients going to set and I remember a young girl I booked, this is a long time ago. We're going back like 15 years and she'd booked a movie, a feature film, and they were shooting a scene and it was a bed scene and, you know, everybody had appropriate gear. So it was a love scene, but, you know, there were gear that was used to make yourself feel very comfortable. All of a sudden, the director who is from Europe 
goes, we're also going to do a more European version. Okay. I want those things off. And it was one of those things where all of a sudden the actors are staring at each other in bed. They barely got anything other than a cock sock and a small little, I don't want to say pussy patch, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the patch, the patch, let's call it the patch. Cause that's what it's called. <laughs> and all of a sudden they're like, they want it off. They want the full nudity. If you can believe it, this happened about 15, 16 years ago. And it was late at night. The agents were asleep. The union was closed. How did this happen? And unfortunately, I had a very teary actress calling me at midnight. It had happened. She went through with it. And you know, the sad part is really uncomfortable things have happened over the years. And I, even though I really am struggling with COVID, it is now giving boundaries, perhaps boundaries that should have happened, especially with things like harassment that has happened over the years. And I don't really want to get into that topic, but what I'm saying is people now have to give space, boundaries. So I know it's taking it down a bit of a rabbit hole, but... No, that's actually a really good segue to the fact that intimacy coordinators are being hired on a lot more for productions now, and not just for those scenes where there's simulated sex or simulated intimacy, but even things as simple as like a hug, kissing. Uh, And it's great to have their knowledge there because as intimacy coordinators, they're really good at offering alternative solutions to those kind of scenes, but also figuring out ways to keep people safe. I was on a set the other day. They had like a full assembly line where people came out regularly. If they had to be in close proximity, they did the mouthwash. They had a a bucket for them to put their mouthwash that was their bucket. And then they had a kit that had their sanitizer in it. So it's just, it's so great seeing an increased hiring of those intimacy coordinators because they really are there to protect the performers. Yeah. Yeah. The protective gear is working. And I want to talk about something that happened to me and Nicole last week. We got a very disturbing email that a client of ours, who's a lead on a series in Canada, the whole film set got shut down because someone was, someone tested positive. Now it was a crew member, not cast, but because of the PPE gear worn, the whole crew and cast was tested. That person obviously was sent to be quarantined. And guess what? Not one person tested positive. They ran two sets of tests over the long weekend. That's just happened. And they were back at set on Wednesday. They lost a day and a half because everyone tested negative. So I want to let actors know this gear is working. It's a huge thing. And I know sometimes it's hard going back to the creatures of habit comment when you've just done like a five minute scene with someone and you're in close proximity, it's doesn't seem like you need to put on PPE when you step off of set or when you're hanging out in the green room. And that's the most important thing is exposure Mm -hmm. time is a factor as well. Mm -hmm. So if you can cut down on that exposure time by, you know, re-gearing up, putting your PPE back on when you're in between scenes or when you're chilling in the green room, that's huge. And it's also, we're finding on sets where the performers wear PPE, it, it creates this culture of we wear our PPE. We're, we're not having to remind people as often on those sets when we're there to put PPE on if the performers are leading by example. Yeah. I think, Michelle, you brought up a really good point too about how, you know, these things are happening and because tests are coming out positive. People are being tested more regularly now. That's part of the protocol. Mm -hmm. It's part of, you have to be tested when you book something. You might be tested multiple 
week, depending on when your shoot date is. And you also kind of have to be really flexible. I know we've had some issues with flexibility of dates. Dates are moving around a ton right now. And I can only imagine how much casting is scrambling and productions are scrambling to solidify dates and to secure locations and to make sure everyone has been tested and tests are coming back in a timely manner as well in order for them to shoot. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We have had a couple of shows that of course the test results have not come back in a timely manner and they were going to push the shoot dates, but they'd already pushed them once before this poor client had been COVID tested three times in a week trying to get going on set. And if you can believe it, they just said, look, we don't at 11 at night on a Thursday, I get a call from casting going, can you just send him the next morning with his mask, his PPE? I want to make sure everybody knows PPE is protective gear. So your mask, your gloves, we keep saying PPE, but some people are like, what? P? <laughs> um, anyways, it, you know, they said, just come to set. Hopefully we'll get your results. The results actually came in at 7am. He was on set by eight. Guess what? He got to shoot. He was fine. So Yes. Like Nicole said, you have to be flexible. You have to understand everybody is doing their best right now. And you really need to be patient and try to work with your agent casting and production. Cause some people are getting very impatient. They're getting very upset and we understand it's frustrating time, but at the same time we are moving forward and we have to celebrate that. You're also getting paid when you're getting tested and yes. you're being tested and it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's nice to know that you don't have it if that's the case. So I know we've been getting some disgruntled clients who are like, I've tested three times and I haven't even shot yet. We all need to be patient and we all need to kind of go through the protocols just to make sure that everyone is safe. Yeah. That's the biggest thing right now is just flexibility. And it's so great, especially because we have the letter of understanding for shows that do require that testing that does allow for the minimum pay for those testing days, which is huge for people. So absolutely. Flexibility is, is key right now because there's so many factors out of our control, let alone COVID is completely out of our control. The factors yeah. of, you know, the numbers going up or how quickly they can get stuff tested. We can't control what other people are doing that's leading to those numbers going up. So absolutely yeah. flexibility. What we do a not time. want to shut down. We want to keep things going. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> no. I don't think any of us thought this would ever happen. I, I, I was thinking about this the other day going, how is this real? How are we living in a sci-fi movie? You know, when you look at the old movies where everybody's all masked, Oh, yeah. but if you told me that the world was going to shut down, there was going to be a worldwide pandemic and the world would shut down. I'd be like, that's a movie. That's, that's <laughs> not real. That's, that's, Whatever. that's not going to happen. Never. And now we're, we're kind of all living it and figuring it out as we go along. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's funny. I look around my car sometimes. Uh, and I think, what would I have thought in January if I was looking at my car right now? I have, you know, an oral thermometer in my glove box. I have a box of masks. I have a box of gloves. I have four different kinds of sanitizer. I have sanitizer kits from other sets. And it's just, it's wild to me that it's the norm. I get in my car now and this, this is my stuff that I have to use. So I just think it's funny that now we're being gifted sanitizer. I mean, I used to think of sanitizer as disgusting. I mean, to me, it was like, <laughs> wash your hands. That stuff is gross. And now I'll go to restaurants and they'll package these beautiful lavender sanitizers as you leave. And I'm like, oh, who knew? Maybe this is our Christmas gift to casting. We'll give you a lovely potpourri <laughs> basket of sanitizers, different flavors. Maybe they'll be cranberry and I don't know, pine and like, I don't know. <laughs> Do you Corey. find yourself getting picky with sanitizers? Yes. Though? Because yes. I find like I get ones and I'm like, oh no, this smells 
like a distillery. I cannot have this near me. And then they're choosing them like this is my favorite. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've even, have you had them and they feel like it's like super thick and sticky and they don't like absorb nicely and then they smell like gasoline? Yeah. The, the really thick sanitizer is the worst. And then I just kind of like stand there holding my hands up, trying not to touch anything. (laughs) Or the ones that are so runny that it's just running down your hands. I'm waiting for some high-end perfumery company to come out with the sanitizer that have like a beautiful essence. So you still feel beautiful when you wear it. But (laughs) I got a nice one recently. I got a nice one recently. It's like a coconut oil and it smells delicious. Okay. We need to know what that is. I'm going to need some of that. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Corey, I know Nicole and I want to talk to you about also parents with minors on set and and the amount of people that are allowed to be on set right now and restrictions. Mm -hmm. Because of course, we just heard that Dove Cameron came into town and unfortunately couldn't bring her mother who's always accompanied her on every set. And of course she was alone and her Airbnb ended up being a scam. So we obviously want the parents to always feel like a part of their children's career, even if they're young twenties, just because you're emancipated doesn't mean you're ready to leave home or ready to have that support when you're leaving for set. So how is it looking on set with parents and minors? I mean, when it comes to, to parents and minors, what, under the BCMPA, a minor is classified as up to the age of 17. Uh, so once they turn 17, they're no longer a minor. And what we're finding is not so much now, very much at the beginning of COVID, we were finding a lot of parents saying, I'm not allowed on set with my child. I'm being given a remote viewer app on my iPhone and just told to watch them from there, or I'm being set up in a room with a monitor. And our biggest thing and what we always try to let parents know is they have every right to be in sight and sound of their child at all times. And that includes when they're walking to set. Like if they can't be on set with them, they should be able to walk them to set and then immediately be able to watch or hear them on a monitor. And that's the biggest thing as well as hearing, even if they give you a pair of ears that you can listen in. As a parent, you know your child the best. You can tell when they're in distress. You can hear when there's something wrong. So it's important to have both those elements there of both sight and sound so you can really tell what's going on. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to not being able to be with them on set, you really need to have that visual and audio access to them. Mm -hmm. No, it's imperative. Absolutely. Absolutely. But parents are being COVID tested too. This is what they got to know. If you're going to be on set, guess what? You get that swab. And thank God the swabs are now being like the cheek or the lower nose. I'm hearing most sets are using that, not the brain picker. Thank God. Those things are terrifying. (laughs) We do ask for the least invasive method that's available to be used for sure. I'm curious to see when the, uh, if and when the spit option will be available. I mean, for minors first, obviously on set, but beyond that, if it'll become more of an accessible thing to, to members and performers on set, because it it is, I do understand people when they say it is, it's invasive, especially if you're having to get it done three times a week, maybe for multiple shows, you're having to get it done three times a week. So. Yeah. I actually heard there's a company in Vancouver that's created a test that actually gives readouts within a minute. And it's such a shame because I think they're quite expensive. So they're not being used Mm -hmm. right now. But I mean, could you imagine, thank God, the speed of that would be so amazing to have for the industry. Absolutely. It would be, it would be a huge game changer because you wouldn't have those days where you're waiting for a result. You could show up at circus and get your test or show up at crew park and wait in your car and then you're, you're good to go. Or they, they send you home without you interacting with anybody. 
Yeah. We've had a couple of panic calls from casting late at night and I'm like, Oh, someone tested positive. I almost feel bad when I get the late night email urgent. Is this client available? We're an industry who we, we operate on the fact that we don't take sick days. And that's a big, (laughs) it's a big mentality for performers that, you know, I talk to people and they're like, I've worked through walking pneumonia. My husband's a performer. He's worked through, you know, stomach flu in a bear costume. It's, it's very unusual for performers and people within the industry to stop and say, I'm not well. And so then to have a forced stop or a forced loss of a gig, maybe because you get a positive COVID test or you become ill with COVID type symptoms is, is really hard for people. I think there's, it's scary too, because there's a stigma as well. I'm sure if you're working on set, um, I'd heard about a set and I think someone might've had a sore throat and they were nervous to say anything because they don't want to probably shut the set down. But, you know, obviously they're being tested regularly, but I think that's important too. We all need to be diligent. And if we are not feeling well, it's okay to say, I just need to take a beat and take a second and make sure everything's okay because it's scary. I could imagine the responsibility that, or the guilt that you would feel if you suddenly got sick or something and then an entire production right. shut down because you were the sick person, for example. No, I know. And you, know, you guys both bring up really huge points. I mean, look, if someone gets COVID, please don't feel guilty unless you've been tindering like a mad person. <laughs> you know, if don't be just making been, out with random people. <laughs> no, but if you've been good and diligent and it happens, it's going to happen. It might be on a doorknob. It might be in the grocery store. It might be you walking past someone, which they've proven that's pretty difficult. But if you've been responsible, please, if you get this, so many people have had this and they're not really sharing the numbers of how many of us have actually had it without any kind of, you know, uh, asymptomatic. I believe they're estimating Vancouver has 40% of people that probably caught it and was asymptomatic. So I don't want people to feel guilty, but Corey, you're so right. And this business has never allowed us to take a sick day. So it is very interesting. Like you said, the perception is so different now. There's yeah. so many different yeah. symptoms. And then yeah. I think if you get anything, you just start worrying. <laughs> but we did. We used Absolutely. to feel guilty when we took even an hour to go to the doctor. I threw my back out. I feel horrible. Nicole knows I have to see the Cairo twice a week. I'm on now really great pain meds. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Danu. And wine. <laughs> and wine, which I'm not supposed to mix. So, hmm. um, but I actually can actually sit and smile instead of being like, and looking like an old lady. So I think the important part here is just that people are having more compassion which is important. But I think mm-hmm. we also have to realize that all of us are under a lot more stress and we have to be more empathetic to everyone, whether it's your agent, another actor, a fellow actor, a producer, everybody's under so much stress. And keep in mind, producers are kind of going on a limb right now to provide these productions because insurance doesn't want to cover them for COVID. It's on them. I think it's important for actors to realize that too and be grateful for the opportunities that do come through. Mm-hmm. What is your advice to actors during this time, Corey? Uh, biggest thing is familiarizing yourself. If you're booked on a, on a gig, familiarizing yourself with that COVID safety plan, keeping in mind that you're not going to really 
have the same experience from set to set. Uh, you know, the, the series, the, the big studio series are going to be different than like a low budget MOW that you're on, or even between, you know, a low budget MOW and a low budget MOW, there might be differences there. So the biggest thing is familiarizing yourself with that safety plan. If you have questions or concerns, ask them, you know, ask your agent. If you ask the union, talking to the rep of the show, speaking to them, uh, and then when it comes to if you're on set and you have concerns, talking to your supervisor on set, talking to your agent, reaching out to the union, all really big things, because the more we know, the better we can assist and help you and provide the tools that we have in our individual tool belts to make sure that you're safe and, and comfortable and that production is doing their job to mitigate that risk. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to mention something. Their casting is starting to put a bit more information as well, sometimes in the notes about mm -hmm. it being potentially a self-drive. So if people are unable to self-drive, they shouldn't even bother self-taping. So get your sure license. Your get your license. Like Ann Forey <laughs> said, get your driver's license. It's not hard. You go study the little book, you go in, you don't even have to go in now. I hear half the time it's online and you get your test and then you get your license. Let's do it kids. I think we would say too with that though, like transport should not be a requirement in order for booking. Like that, no, they, should, they do mention about, yeah, they do mention this is a self transporter. You would have to get yourself to say Kelowna or something. It's a self drive. They've mentioned it before. So I just love Corey's face right now. It's like, what? <laughs> Oh, maybe I got someone in trouble. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> we would say, if you have some situations, let us know. Yes. On that again, please. Everyone let us know. I mean, there is Uber, there are taxis, sky trains, things like that, but we do want to keep you safe. And I think the big thing that we want to talk about is obviously if you don't have to take public transit, please don't, because again, you're exposing yourself to numerous people. And just, if you're going to do it, please mask, love, do everything you can to stay safe. Right. Because Absolutely. safety first is the year of 2020. Yes. Can we have like a 100%. hippie year, like the 70s again, or like, the oh, next 30s. year, yeah. when this thing is over, it will be free love all around for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no more glory holes. Corey's <laughs> <laughs> face. How will I share this with the union? <laughs> so um, we talked about. You know, <laughs> administrative controls and engineering, like glory hole. <laughs> okay, so going back to something, because we we're talking about glory hole, so let's just go into the more intimate scenes real quick again. So your advice to actors are, if you have We're to just going to segue from that. We're going to segue, not <laughs> sex. We're segue. talking about intimate scenes on set. Like you said, now there's mouthwashes and things like that to kill any bacteria. But again, if a client is uncomfortable let us know. Right, Corey? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it's going back to, it's their right to refuse close proximity work right now. And speaking to their supervisor about that, if they're not getting any kind of response, reaching out to us, reaching out to their agent, you reach out to us at the same time. Yeah. But, you know, letting us know that those situations are occurring because absolutely it's, it's not a time. How many other people have to go to work and and kiss their coworker. Just not many. Come here, Nicole. Come here. Give me one. <laughs> I haven't had any love in a while. I could use a I could use a smack on. Give a big kiss. <laughs> we'll make out later. Oh, more wine. <laughs> 
Oh my God, Corey. Um, Michelle, <laughs> those painkillers must be doing you very well. <laughs> Seriously, I feel good. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember, why am I blanking on how we met? I am completely blanking. I was thinking about this the other day. So in my first job out of film school, they let me go to due to restructuring. Uh, and they gave me the next day off after they gave me the news. And I had met Lisa DiGiacinto through a university mentorship with Jackie Lind. And so she and I went out for lunch and I asked her uh, if she you know, if I could pick her brain about any jobs that she knew in town, or I really enjoyed the casting side of things. So, you know, if she knew of a way that I could get into that. And that's when she mentioned that you were looking for someone to bring on as an assistant. I just love the fact that both of you were my assistants, both, or sorry, Nicole, you still are. Both of you are, have been <laughs> or still are here. my assistant. <laughs> she's still here. Maybe not tomorrow, but today. Um, <laughs> she's like, Fuck it, I'm out of here. Uh, but it's so funny because I love that you both had the same similar start of initiation with right. these events. But now, Corey, you're handling these lovely film sets and keeping everybody safe, and we love you for it. And uh, again, I think actors just need to know that we're here for them, and you're there for them, and it's a new time. But I think it's a nice time to realize that the fear should dissipate a little bit and it's time to enjoy the work. In the beginning, it was more fearful. Now I think after especially seeing that set of ours shut down and go back so fast because everybody was so safe, it's that reassurance that we're in a much better place. The one thing film sets are great at is protocols. Agents are here to help protect clients. The union is also here to protect clients. Production is, is there putting the protocols in place to protect clients to make sure that we can all continue to work and prosper. Yes, absolutely. It is a time to enjoy the work. It's a time to enjoy the work in an educated way. And exactly. Make sure that you're fully informed, but it is a time to enjoy being back. And, you know, for some people seeing these people they haven't seen in almost a year or months, you know. For well, the union, are you guys finding it super busy as well right now with all the productions that are happening? Like, are you seeing an influx absolutely. as well? Yes, 100%. It mm-hmm. was interesting to kind of see the ramp up. It felt like there was a bit of a buildup behind the wall of the bigger studio shows waiting to start up with the testing protocol coming into place and everything like that. And then once that kind of all settled, it was like the floodgates opened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt like it was like Disneyland with the big black gates and everybody's pressed against it. And as soon as those dates <laughs> open, everybody wanted to go on the rides. It's like, everybody's ready. But the one thing I want to go back to, and I just want to reiterate is actors know that we have your back. Now, at some point, if a supervisor doesn't seem to acknowledge your concern or your agent doesn't acknowledge your concern, please talk to the union. Your concern is valid. Even if people around you think it's not valid. If you feel that feeling that it is valid, it needs to be addressed. And I know there's some agents that would just want the work to continue. Same with the supervisor, just want the work to continue. But at this point, we just need you to feel supported. So we're here for you. But I do want Nicole to ask that fun question we tend to ask, but maybe a little different. We always ask, what advice would you give your younger self getting into the business? (laughs) Or maybe you have advice to actors, you know, getting into the industry or what's your experience? 
I think the biggest thing for me, and I felt like it was always kind of bogus as being in university and they'd make us do these dumb networking exercises where we'd go to an event and we had to get like five business cards. But and that was a horrible way of going about it to teach someone how to network. But also it really is a huge part. Like, I feel like I am where I am now because of the connections that I have made in this industry. I met Lisa through a college mentorship. I met you through Lisa. Mm -hmm. I started hearing about the union through you. So it's, it's a huge span and networking is really important in getting out there and getting to know people and making connections. Cause that just really is the nature of the beast in our industry, especially for Vancouver, which is a smaller city. It, yeah. It's a very small world and who you get to know is, is really important. To spin off that, I feel that Corey, what's so interesting is I loved working with you, but I knew this didn't feel like a fit for you. Like you said, you wanted more time to yourself. So I remember calling Leslie Brady, who basically runs UBCP. And I'm like, you have to hire this girl. If she's not with me, she has to be with you. And then I'll never forget, you worked with UBCP for a week and she called me back. She goes, thank God for that call. She is amazing. <laughs> so, it is. It's who you know. And it's those relationships. And even if a relationship ends, like me and Corey, it didn't. It continued in a very different way. And I think it's really important to bridge those relationships and make sure those relationships stay in a good way. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a small world. And I think you also need to be careful and mindful about, you know, everyone is connected. Everyone's connected. You never want to burn bridges. And those connections are also very important to perpetuate your career or perpetuate you in the right direction. So be mindful. Right. Absolutely. I agree with that a hundred percent. A big question I get when I'm on set is like, benefits of, of joining the union. And mm -hmm. the biggest thing that, that I can remind people of is that, you know, as a full member, there are retirement benefits, both producer contributions and contributions you make. There's, you know, health benefits, uh, going back to networking, there's a lot of training programs and networking mm -hmm. that we have for members. And it's not just, you know, acting training, which is important, but it's also, we've had everything from like branding to how to manage your personal finances, working as a self-employed performer. Um, and ultimately the intervention when production isn't following that BC master production agreement and having the onset reps like Chloe and myself who can come out and assist and be there for you. And that's the biggest thing is we are there for you. And please reach out because that's how we can, we can figure out if something's going on and get to the bottom and fix it. Yeah. And I think if you're an actor and your career is not really, you know, as we know, a lot of young kids, a lot of the work is non-union commercials, but if you are aimed at film and television, there is no reason to not join the union right away. We're a hundred percent behind that because you do want those benefits. You do want to be, you want to feel part of a community. You want to feel protected. So absolutely. That's a huge part of it too, is that is the community of it and being part of a union and being within that, that almost family in terms of having each other's backs. Well, it's so good to see you, KK. It's so good to see you. <laughs> Hello.